Hello, it's Wednesday, September 13th. I'm Jacob Jarvis, and I'm waiting to wake up from this weird fever dream where I seem to have switched lives with Miranda Sawyer. Our regular host is Ill's Day, so I'm here to fill in the news void. Welcome back to Papercuts, the modern news review where we turn the paparazzi lens back onto the papers and criticise what they look like. We're out every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, so subscribe on your favourite podcast app and you'll never miss an episode. First up, the headlines for today's show. Pension tension is the triple lock on the rocks. But his emails, Biden faces impeachment probe from bitter Republicans. And dog days are over. Should we stop having pets? Welcome to Papercuts, where we read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, where we've been busy with our morning routine of mainlining coffee, then complaining about feeling anxious. <laughs> I'm Jacob Jarvis, and here to flick through the tabloids and wade into the broadsheets with me is sketch writer and war movie buff, Rob Hutton. Hello, Rob. Hello there. Also with us, we have comedian and celebrity romance obsessive, Grania Maguire. Hi, Grania. Hi. Uh, Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet are real, guys. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> save that chat for after the show, because I, I just don't know. Are either of them cool? I don't know. They're very famous. Not sure about that side. Uh, so, on to the news now. What have we got on the headlines front? Rob, what's on the front pages? So, the mirror. High street crime surge. Year of the shoplifter. Theft saw, but where are prosecutions? I love this. All of this is great. They've been I very mean, measured on that, I yeah, see. Like, no, well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's bad. The Guardian is, I think, the only paper that has the Libyan flooding on the front page. Um, just sort of horrible pictures of yeah. cars upside down, devastation. Um, fears that the death toll may hit as many as 10,000. The Times is sticking with Chinese spies, and this is a a story I love. Um, MI5, actually in the sun it says M15 in the headline, but I think it is actually (laughs) MI5. Um, MI5 warned Tories... MP candidates may be spies. Pair with links to China were blocked from selection. And my just my question about this is how much more dangerous is being a Chinese spy than being a Tory MP. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, you could probably do a, a, a YouGov poll of the public and see which people like less. And it might be Tory MPs there at this point. Grania, what have you got? Well, uh, so The Sun have got a story about One Direction's Liam, who's been rushed to hospital. But the main thing uh, they're covering is obviously the war that we're all worried about. That is the war of hairdos between Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle because they both have hair on their head. So that obviously means they're in competition with each other. What, what exactly is the competition meant to be there? So it just says Kate, well, she's won it, obviously. Okay. Well, do I, yeah. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> 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 Anything that's just Kate wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Even though Kate won. So um, Kate wins... Battle of hairdos. Yeah. So the bit of play there oh. with hair and hair. Um, she's oh, oh, airdos. <laughs> it's airdos. It's airdos. Air yeah, no, right. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. That has literally got nothing to do with, like, the kids. They just were like, let's take a pun in for the fun of yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so obviously, they, they're both women in the public eye. They both have follicles. Mm. And that obviously means we're supposed to pit one against each other. And so far, in the battle of women having hair, Kate's winning. 
I would suggest it's, sh- it's surely the stylist has one as well. How much props can you take for your for your hair? It's just a natural thing. But anyway, I, yeah, I digress. Like we don't want to bring their campaign, <laughs> their armies, their glam squads into it. It's between Megan and it's between Kate. And the, the English Rose Kate has won, of course. Um, then we've got the Daily Star. Uh, it's, they're also covering a lot of big issues. Um, everything you need to know about ants. Which is that well, they're they're crawly and annoying. Fast. They're very strong. Apparently, that is one good thing about ants that you have to give to them. Well, if you want any more facts, <laughs> Daily Star awesome. has that covered. And then they've also given secret of success: never give more than eighty-five percent to an ant. To an ant. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's got a picture of a man shouting. Yes, which I think is the the football manager Neil Warnock, which is a very deep cut reference to a sort of iconic video where he's really screaming at a load of football players. I mean, I I know that, but I find that quite particularly niche as someone who is both obsessed with memes and football. And even me, I was like, why? I didn't I, really quite get it. I needed you to tell me who it was. I was so scared. Yeah. This was like the most famous. The man who invented football. I thought, what if this is the man who invented football? I had no idea who he was. He wants 110%, but according to the Daily Star, experts are saying, you can tap out at 85, don't worry. And then the Daily Telegraph, they have a story on Ben Wallace saying that human rights laws are protecting terrorists. But they mainly seem to be interested in a lovely picture of Penny Penny Mordant with... um, these new three flagship boats, to use the technical term, mm. uh, that are going to replace the Royal Yacht Britannia. <laughs> Britannia. Surely flagship ships as well. That's <laughs> what we've got to go for to. In the Royal Navy, everything is a ship except a submarine, which okay. is a boat. Yeah. I had no but, idea of that. But what I love is the picture they've used is her and it's one of the, the models of the ship and it really looks like she's done, you know, on those ships in a bottle. Very <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Telegraph's obsession with Penny Morden, you can, you can figure out what's going on that. It <laughs> looks like this was her lockdown hobby and she's really quite pleased with herself. Yeah, well, well, you know in Zoolander where they make the school and it's the model of the school. Like, Why is this a school friend? That's like, saying all aboard. I mean, you, you simply yeah. fucking couldn't get onto that, that tiny boat that we have there. Let's talk about one of the, the main domestic stories of the day now. So we've all eaten a lot of political e-numbers in recent years and we're hyped up and we want more. So everything in politics has to be incredibly exciting. And at the moment, what they're trying to make incredibly exciting and, and raunchy is the, the pensions triple lock, with both Labour and the Tories refusing to commit to keeping it in place. Rob, I believe and hope that I might be a genetic anomaly who never grows old and therefore <laughs> never have to consider retiring. Because I, so I've got yeah. no, I don't have a plan in place in any way, shape or form. And they can move the goalposts all they like because retirement is a thing that happens to other people, in my opinion, like that's of the very short side yeah. and will happen to me, but I've, I don't give it much thought. What is the triple lock? Treat me completely like an idiot because on this I kind of... Well, I, I, having heard your pension plan, treating you like an idiot will be quite straightforward. Um, uh, so there is a state pension, but they won't... You, I mean, you, you genuinely don't need to worry about the state pension because there won't be a state pension okay. by the time. Or, or will there? The, the, um, it's always been my assumption that the, I, the, the state pension would be gone before I got there um, and I'm ahead of you. But this is a thing that George Osborne brought in a few years ago where... Slightly in order to encourage pensioners to spend money on other things, I think, they made this promise that the state pension would always rise by the highest of 2% or inflation or earnings, 
which are different measures of how much things are getting more expensive. And he made this at a time of low inflation where, where actually 2% was quite often the thing it might rise by. And now uh, inflation is high. So this is becoming a very expensive promise. And William Haig, uh, who's very close to Rishi Sunak, wrote a piece in Times yesterday saying, maybe it's time we should dump the, the triple lock. And people are saying, well, maybe that's a hint. The pension secretary, Mel Stride, yesterday said in the long term it's unsustainable, which is kind of a hint. Labour are also not saying they'll put it in their manifesto, which is... Oh, no, they're, they're not saying they'll put it in their manifesto, if you see what I mean. They might, but they might okay. not. Um, it's, it's, it's a really expensive promise, and uh, our pensioners really the people that we need to be helping. Has this just been question. kind of George Osborne hoping for the best on stuff forever? Because it feels like that, yeah. that's what happened with Brexit, and then this is it. He just sort of kept I mean, making I'm, plans where he's like, no, but the best thing will happen, and they'll be I'm not telling fine. you you're wrong. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it, I, well, I, I, the argument that they made was you, you sort of have to end up with this promise because there are a load of people who de who actually depend on the state pension and uh, and if you don't keep moving it up, then you get lots and lots of stories about pension of poverty. So that was that was the argument at the time. But the slight problem with it is you end up giving also large increases to people who frankly don't need it um, because they've got big private pensions and that kind of thing. Okay, so is, is there an argument for this money to actually go anywhere else or is it basically that we just don't have enough money at the moment we, we, so we, therefore we, that's we, it? We, we're long past the point where we had money and we were trying to work to out how to do it anywhere, to yes. It's all money we don't have. How are we going to spend the money we don't have? Is, is That's the entire... That is all the politics is is what are we going to spend the, this money that we don't have on and why are we keeping this sort of this... I think it might be a 10-year-old promise now from a different era... And, you know, shouldn't we be helping different people? Gronje, does this fall into a kind of perfect spot then for an intergenerational row? Well, I I just, I am, I'm, I'm impressed by the arrogance of anybody with a pension plan, if I'm honest. I, my pension, what I'm betting on is by the time I'm at retirement age, we'll be living in some Mad Max Thunderdome where tin cans will be currency. So what I'm planning, my pension plan is just to get like really good at survivalist skills and purifying water. Yeah. And I think I'll survive. There's a genuine point of me wanting to stay healthy, partly one, because I'm very vain, but then also just thinking, well, then I will kind of be young for a bit longer so I can... I can work a bit more. And luckily, I mean, this is what I do for work. I'm sat in front of a microphone, so hopefully I can keep You're doing that. Work until... on. Like, work yeah, yeah, on. Exactly. You're a little podcaster. Look, I mean, we do not stand a chance. Uh, by the time the banking sector collapses. Well, what's Mad Max listening to when he's driving across the desert? <laughs> if he's like not listening to a topical podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, we don't have to worry about the future because we've got that sweet, sweet global warming. Which means I don't have to worry about a pension. None of us do. It will be fine. You know, we're all going to be trying to survive on hills in Wales by the time we get to that stage. You know, foraging and, you know, forming little armies to try and get, you know, reliable water supplies. Yeah, so that the, is my pension plan. The retirement plan is like watching a load of zombie films exactly. and hoping for the best. Exactly. That's, that's the, the, like, I'm banking on if you'll excuse the pun, just the collapse of Western civilization as we know it, which I think is probably going to happen in about 10 years. So, <laughs> oh, nothing to worry about. Thanks very much. Silver linings. <laughs> Uh, 
Headlines are the lifeblood of the papers, and in a perfect world, the Sun would be a very progressive newspaper, and I'd spend my days writing theirs. Sometimes I find a really good one can justify the cost of a paper all on its own. On every edition of Paper Cuts, we choose the very best headlines the subs can bring us. So what have we got today, Rob? What have you got? So I'm I'm in the Sun um, uh, on Patreon, which is a story. I feel like I. I do actually feel like I read this story about 25 years ago, that PG Tips has spent £50 million um, making a tea bag that brews tea really quickly. <laughs> yeah. This is an improvement on the pyramid tea bag. And the um, two two headlines, in fact, uh, the headline, the, the, the sort of the, the top bit is, brew what? And underneath is, it's PG Quicks. I, I don't drink tea. Are tea bags renowned for being really slow? I don't really know. Well, yes, but that's part of the joy. Yeah, because I, I, mean, I once had know. a colleague who used to give me, he had a mug which had different colours of tea in, and he would hand you the mug and say, I want it that colour. That's actually really helpful. I, I, I just thought it was just beyond the pale well, no, taking so the I, piss. I, I have to make tea for my, my wife basically has almost no milk in the tea, and it took about five years for me to, to learn to make really make tea that, that she will drink. I just don't understand yeah. how people are that fussy. That's why my, my dad will only drink coffee made by either himself or my stepmom because they make it in a very specific, horrible, in my opinion, way. Whereas I just have black coffee, and that's, that's it. I can't complain very much. Gronya, you have, let's take the tone right down. You've got a, a smutty headline from The Sun. Well, it's so a clean sweep from The Sun today as well. You know what? It's a good, it's a good job news. Which is, uh, <laughs> always to be welcome. Is this, is this a job that will survive the apocalypse? <laughs> <laughs> they, will, they will always be employed. Uh, so this is Durex are advertising for 50 condom testers. Uh-oh. <laughs> Where are we going? And the headline is, want to come dot, 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 and work for us. I mean, it is brilliant, but it does also just, it makes me just do a little bit of a like, I, I don't think I'm a prude, but it gives <laughs> me a bit. It also reminds me of one of my favourite ever headlines, which was, I believe, about suggestions that the Beatles were having orgies together and it was on the New York Post, which was Let's Come Together, which I thought was pretty good. So, yeah, there's always, if you can be, bo- be bothered slightly, to push it. Slightly, I'm, I'm slightly too squeamish. I'm going with the, the stars <laughs> headline on the same story, which is hard labour. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Listen, you've got to have a little bit of fun. Come you on. You can't really make condoms classy, I don't think. Or maybe no. that's the business venture we should do for yeah, the end of the world, the retirement plan. I've got the retirement plan. Launching classy condoms, that's where we can go. What is the thing we love that The Guardian is telling us is bad today then? Well, it's pets, apparently. In G2, they asked the question, is it wrong to have pets? Stating that the animals we love feed and shelter are often miserable and frustrated. Or so say a surprising number of experts. Gronje, what's kind of the, the point in this seemingly pointless story? OK, well, so I'll, I'll, I'll explain the story and then I'm going to give my hot take on this, which I... I've got two English people in front of me, so uh, <laughs> I know you guys really, uh, really feel quite is intensely it, is it about the pets. To keep horses. <laughs> so it's about the Guardian, which is so that think piece on whether it's wrong to have pets. So they are saying that the idea of pet owning is maybe a sort of a one-sided relationship. They're saying that people sort of want too much from their pets, and that you know maybe. Animals don't have much consent over the dynamics no. of the relationship. Now, okay, I'm going to be, a, this is my hot take on this. I think English people 
you guys are weird with your pets. I'm just going to say, I, I see my friends on Facebook and the way they talk about their dogs and their pets and their cats, I genuinely think, I, I worry about those animals because I think they're like in an emotionally abusive relationships. Like people go, my dog is the love of my life. I can't get through my day without my dog. I go, I'm, I want to rescue that dog. Like that is too much burden to put on a poor dog. <laughs> so I think you guys, I'm I'm on the guardian side in this. My thing is I'm not gushing over pets in that sort of way, but I find that I slowly kind of metamorphosize into them a little bit. So like my dad, for example, is just always, he's always sat on the floor cross-legged with both dogs in and around him sort of playing. And I yeah. find that if I see a dog, I'm just, I'm on all fours quickly down it down having a good time with it so uh, yeah i don't know it's sort of we are weird i I, I admit that that is strange i don't think animals like humans and i don't think (laughs) pets like their owners i think pets hate and even the word owners hello i think pets because what happens they chew up your furniture they shit all over your floor they they hate them they're like leave me alone you needy weirdos i'm a dog I'm a dog. <laughs> like, going I, up, we, we had a... Oh, right, no, let's just stop <laughs> this nonsense <laughs> here. Right, let's just... Let's just... This is, I mean... <laughs> to me, this is... I, to me, this is the uh, Guardian feature because it's, it's basically... Hey, you know that fun thing that you like that, in, that just gives you quiet pleasure? It's wrong! <laughs> stop doing it! <laughs> um, and it's got... It's, it's full of... It's full of fantastic quotes. If people really... Really cared about animals, we would only engage in rescues and helping animal sanctuaries, wildlife rehabilita- rehabilitation, says someone with no joy in their <laughs> life. The problem with unconditional love, says Ed Winters, author of This is Vegan Propaganda and Other Lies the Meat Industry Tells You, <laughs> is that it comes at a price. How are they going to feel when we go into the shop? And they're whining at the door. They've become so reliant on us that even a few hours of separation can cause distress. He has only ever had one pet, a hamster called Rupert, whose personality was so winning that he was a catalyst for Winters to become a vegan. I mean, this is... I had a hamster called Elvis. (laughs) Right, and do you know, cats, cats have contributed the Guardian, the... Fun killers at the Guardian say <laughs> cats have contributed to the extinction of sixty-three species worldwide. It's just I like my dog and my dog likes me, Grant. Does he? He does. does he? he does. What is I mean, he saying is a... about you to the other dogs? <laughs> there is a thing that actually there is there is irresponsible pet ownership. And running through this piece, there are genuine examples of stressed pets acting out. There is a you know, if you if you have a dog and if you have a dog you really ought to be at home most of the day and you really ought to be able to take it out for a walk a couple of times a day, mm-hmm. or certainly a dog the size of our poodle. And I think probably with lockdown there were a lot of people who got pets when they thought they were going to be at home for the rest of their mm-hmm. lives and then they discovered they're not going to be at home for the rest of their lives and and so there have been animals going to shelters. There are there are a lot of sort of sad things about this um, and I do think that having a pet is a responsibility and a privilege and all of that but mm. equally just just give it a bloody rest to Guardian. <laughs> the thing I found in here that was one of the most confusing bits was saying that cats apparently have more of a sense of control over their mm. own lives. Mm. Well they can go out they can they, come in they can, but they then... can bring you they can bring you other pets so they, you might, maybe you want to keep this dead mouse <laughs> well, as well. We, so growing up we had a cat right we grew up in the country we had a cat 
He was called Skittles. And you know what? Skittles was more like a co-worker than anything else. (laughs) He lived outside. I don't know what he got up with during the day. He had his job to do. We maybe give him a little solution in the morning. I wasn't like, I need Skittles. He's my best friend. doesn't he then lose the perks of being a pet? Surely the the one that's that is the thing is that you get you get very well looked after. So if you've got to be a cat and you've got to be roaming about on your own and acting like you've got to hunt around the neighbourhood, you've he, lost all dignity, the pet privileges. Skittles, there. Skittles kept his dignity. On the on the devil's advocate there though, Granny. So you, you you're not sure about having pets and the pets are truly though, right? We've got no retirement plan. We're in a yeah. terrible position here. Yeah. You know, would you not fancy being a pet if you had a really nice owner? I I I sometimes look at. Dogs in my life and think, you've got it absolutely made. But You really have it made. The people who are the most obsessed about their pets are the most annoying people in the world. So I just think the clingy, it's like the clingiest, most like emotionally draining relationship and you can't leave. Hello, I'm Ros Taylor with news of Oh God, What Now?, the politics podcast that's never going to leave its voter ID at home. On Friday's show, it's six months until the US election and Donald Trump is stuck sitting on trial in a New York courthouse. Is he bulletproof or can Joe Biden turn around the polls? In the second half, it's local elections week, but we've steadily taken power away from local authorities. What if we gave it back? And in the extra bit for supporters, is there a right level of ruthlessness in politics? That's Oh God, What Now? with me, Ros Taylor, Raphael Baer, Hannah Fern, guest Nikki McCann-Ramirez, out now, wherever you get your podcasts. The one thing you can always take solace in when you live in Britain is at least you don't live in America. <laughs> Their political system is perhaps more dysfunctional than ours, even if they don't wear so many silly wigs. Donald Trump was impeached twice as president, and now the big news is his mates want to level up the score by impeaching Joe Biden. Rob, can you explain to me a bit seriously what is going on here? Let's treat this with well, some, okay, well, some seriousness serious at first, so, then we'll go um, silly. The lower house um, of uh, Congress... Um, in the states where the Republicans have a majority has announced that it's starting an impeachment investigation. It is starting impeachment proceedings against uh, Joe Biden. This is about Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, who I think we have to be clear is not winning son of the year. He's <laughs> um, I, 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 a, a troubled young man who's had a lot of problems and who also has been involved in a lot of business ventures that superficially look quite dubious and certainly had an awful lot of unpleasant material on his laptop. So it's complicated. But, I mean, this is all about Trump. Even sort of moderate Republicans think it's being driven by Trump. And you've got to keep in mind that that it's one thing to say, OK, look, the president uh, may have had... His, his son may have been doing dubious stuff. His son may well have been using his father's name. Maybe maybe Joe Biden finds himself in meetings or whatever. Where he does, where he's, it's not quite clear why the other people are there. Yeah. But at the same time, you're also defending a man who ordered armed people to march on the Capitol and, you know, uh, and strongly suggested that they might like to kill senators and the vice president. Yeah, it's a really there's, rubbish tip for that, isn't just it? no... <laughs> Just no comparison. There's no. Just no comparison between the two of them. From the coverage of this, I mean, is anyone treating it as a as a sort of sensible thing that will will happen? Or has it been treated like a, a sideshow, but then spoken about in a weirdly yeah, it, straight way it, at the well, same it, well, time? It won't happen because because it has to be voted through in the Senate and the Democrats have a majority in the Senate. And, you know, I mean, they couldn't even impeach Trump, who was 
it's sort of superficially at least more impeachable because the Republicans had a majority in the Senate then, I think. It's one of these you sort of have to write about because it's serious and it's happening and it, and it potentially it could it could happen, and if it did happen, then that would be a very big deal. But it's, it, it, is, it is historically incredibly hard to impeach an American yeah. president, and the Democrats have a majority in the Senate. So, Well, that's know. the weird thing. Is if, if Biden got impeached for something less bad, it would still be really outrageous as a president for him to be impeached no matter what. Oh, it's like the a... Overton window has shifted so massively, so you kind of yeah. have to treat it seriously. But then it's in the context of going... But fucking really, this is, like, this look is, at- and this is all about this is all about Trump. This is being driven by Trump and the Speaker of the House, uh, Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy yeah. um, you know, he is trying to ride this tiger that is the modern Republican Party. Um, and uh, and said this tiger that is Donald Trump. Well, <laughs> a weird uh, sort of bald tiger with one long hair combed back and forth. Uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, McCarthy. There's, I think, the, the the strong the strong suspicion certainly in the Guardian is that McCarthy is doing this to sort of to keep the loony base happy, so that he can get other things through the house. Gronia, Donald Trump has kind of come out quite well from his troubles, basically, because to his his side of the base, it seems to make him look a little bit cool. So should Biden maybe partially embrace this because he's mm. he's meant to be a bit dull? Can this give him a little bit of an edge? Are we going to see bad boy Biden? And could that could that work out for him? Um, I think it could work out well for him, but I think it would be more the other way. I think if you genuinely impeached Joe Biden, you went through all his emails, people would just either be so bored or feel so sorry for Joe yeah. Biden. Like, it's just going to be loads of emails going, we're worried about Hunter. Yeah. Are you coming? We've got another intervention for Hunter. It's not going to be, yeah. uh, like, uh, juicy in the way. I think people will probably, end, even the most, like, vicious Republicans will probably end yeah. up going, oh. Or loads of emails to his wife saying, have you seen my keys? Yeah. <laughs> 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 just over and over again. Because you know where basic stuff is. Do you know where I put all those documents? Uh, I'm not really sure where they are. And if you've got any clue, just sort of using his wife as a as a PA in some way yeah. there. Loads of emails to yeah. the Obamas have going, you are you about? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, loads of, loads of emails right, to how do, you, yeah. how do you adjust the eating in the Oval yeah. Office? It's either yeah. too hot or it's too cold. I can't. <laughs> Where do you buy your polo shirts from? Basically, and in another realm, does it? Could it potentially make him look rubbish compared to Trump because he just can't get impeached as hard as him? But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really. This is. It's just so. It's so stupid over there that I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of how can this play out? Maybe they're just like Biden. He's not even good at being bad. He's just, he's not only is he boring and he's rubbish and he's spending all the socialist money, he's also not I mean, the, the a thing crook. they're really getting him for is the being old thing. Mm. And and again, actually, this is the, one of the odd things, you know, we in Britain, we now have a prime minister who's younger than me, whereas American politics seems to sort of produce this gerontocracy where you've got people, I mean, I do think sort of late 70s, 80s, is too old to be president. I, you know, I mean, you're tired and you're sort of, you're, you're, you're even, even fit, healthy sort of 80-year-olds know they're slowing yeah. down. They um, don't have the triple lock over in America. No, they have <laughs> <laughs> got, got to respect You've just got to keep point. working. Yeah. You've just got to keep being president. <laughs> I, uh, there is this idea that they're right in America's 
trying to get going that that Biden is too old. But then you look at some of their um, some of their senators. And it, it, the name's gone out of my head now. But the lead Republican and senator in the uh, Mitch McConnell. See, it is Mitch McConnell, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. no, no, I knew it was another one. Um, it just keeps giving press conferences where he clearly then has a mental episode halfway yeah. through and just stops speaking. Yeah. And you think, you know, you just don't get that in Britain. Even our older MPs, um, you know, I mean, they may be eccentric and obsessed with odd things, but they're 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 not senile. No. Yeah. The papers aren't just about the hard stuff or the eat your greens journalism, as one editor used to describe, important but boring stories to me. There's features, comment, fashion, football, and the mysterious world of nibs, or the news in brief for those not au fait with the lingo. Today, our eyes have been caught by a couple of relationship stories on breaking up and on what people are actually looking for when it comes to to finding love, or or perhaps not. Gronya, in G2, there is a there's a story there about slow dumping. Yes. Uh, uh, this, is there anything, uh, you, you just, you tell me on this because I'm kind of really struggling to get how slow dumping is not just dumping. Okay, so don't confuse this with ghosting. Okay. Or, um, so ghosting is when I just stop returning your messages. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. when yeah. you're, okay. you just peace out. You yeah. leave me on red. Yeah. You're yeah. a real Dirty dog. Yeah, you get those like, blue ticks on WhatsApp and you spend your time looking back at them, yeah. 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 So uh, slow dumping, not to be confused with any of your slow cookers, completely yeah, different no. thing. Um, or just maybe you've had a lot of Guinnesses the night before and you're in... Yeah, just take, taking t- your time. Yeah. <laughs> taking your time in the toilet, <laughs> different thing. Don't strain. <laughs> um, so that's when um, your partner distances themselves physically and emotionally from a romantic relationship rather than openly communicating a desire to end it. Okay, so what... I mean, but anything that ends, surely it comes to yeah. that everyone starts to feel like, this should end, yeah. and then you get a bit distant, and then you start to resent the thing, and then you eventually go, okay, it's really now it's time. Like How how many people are in these relationships where they just suddenly wake up one day and just go, nah, I'm just waiting for these people to sort of wake up out of bed like Dracula next <laughs> to their partners and just go, you're done, that's it, done. I just know that this, 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 this is what happens after Christmas and every holiday. We keep doing the... the, the I mean, that's, that's how marriage ends. Is, 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 people <laughs> say, I just can't do this anymore. But I, the thing with... I mean, is slow dumping a thing where you try and get the other person to end it? I think is, is where I just, I just, okay. I, I just become more and more, more and more unpleasant to you, yeah. Ronnie, until finally one day you, you, you say, Rob, we, it's over, and I yeah. say, oh, really, I'm sorry. <laughs> now you drop your table manners <laughs> and your personal <laughs> hygiene sort of diminishes a little bit. I think what it is is I think breakups are so brutal and they're so they really are just so awful and I think as adults we're like that can't be legal like sometimes I go through breakups where I go I should be able to report him to the police <laughs> like that cannot be legal and I think we're a brain scrambles so we try to come up with so we pathologise it yeah. and we're like oh my god can you I didn't just get dumped because he doesn't like me anymore it's like I got slow dumped slow or dumped. I got ghosted and it's the classic thing where I don't know if you've experienced this but you break up with somebody and you're like, do you know what it was? He he was a narcissist. You completely, you're like, you diagnose the mental health you issues. You just won't allow yourself to be happy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, I mean, uh, yeah, is this, 
an age-old story to you, does it feel like? This is the 90s to me. <laughs> <laughs> you were dumped by Bleeper. <laughs> you had to call a number. To get dumped, you got told here's a number. I'm dumped by facts. Which I how Daniel Day-Lewis dumped somebody by facts, which I, I strongly admire. Um, <laughs> I feel like that, I don't I, feel like it's slow dumping. That feels like a, a slow, very fast dump. Because you're dumping the person yeah. on facts, yeah, no, so they, they ominously know something just... is coming through, yeah. and then it's like, <laughs> and they're just seeing it slowly come through the bottom up. Yeah, and that's just like the slowest quick dump possible. Yeah, no, I, I think my experience of being dumped was mainly more the hard, brutal yeah. kind, not carrier you know. pigeons over Westminster. <laughs> no, the, 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 this is this is, um, so, I. There were, I mean, there's a Seinfeld episode where where he breaks up with someone yeah. and she just refuses to accept George it. just can't do it, yeah. can he? He just yeah. keeps yeah. saying and she's like, no, you're not. Yeah, and <laughs> and I think this is trying to get trying to get her to do the hard work, trying to make it okay. trying to make it her fault. Or trying to make it her decision. So you make it your fault, but it's yeah. it's um it's her decision. Yeah, it's trying to it's, yeah, it's pushing the blame onto the the other person. So there's that you're not being the the nasty person. Yeah, there. it's a sort of it's a version of quiet quitting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quiet quitting in love there. So that on what people do want in relationships. Granny, there's something in the telegraph here which is talking about talking through what young women want, apparently. And according to this story, it's over houses. Which, because uh, the thing about houses, they're famously over six foot tall. <laughs> and so houses are generally more desirable than husbands now, I'm told. Uh, so according to a, a survey in The Telegraph uh, that was done by the Girl Guides, uh, girls between 11 and 21, when they turn 30, would rather have a house than a husband. That uh, just seems completely sensible to me. Also, as well, is that's acting like 30. I don't know that many married 30-year-olds <laughs> anymore as yeah. well. Like, surely that age has got older too. So, yeah, house first, then find yourself your partner down the line. Is this not always just... Just sensible. I really. mean, it's it is it's like it is quite like a Jane Austen survey. Yeah. Like every girl guide. <laughs> yeah, also, girl guides—they've picked the most sensible sort of group that they could possibly pick of young people as well. It's like you know, scouts and girl guides have been what you're picking. I mean, they're they're quite famously level-headed. They're famously young. nerds. <laughs> <laughs> These are nerds. They're prepared. They know how to start a fire. They know. I I, I wasn't allowed to be a girl guide. Personally, my mum no. said uh, it was too it was too British. We weren't allowed. To go <laughs> I think that might have slowed up to Girl Guide in about 1992. Actually, now I think about it. <laughs> I think this is quite. Sent- I think it would be a bit weird if you you know you're a 14 year old Girl Guide being like. A husband before I age, please. <laughs> so uh, good, good for them. Yeah, it's like like there's loads of girl guides sat there just being like, I, I really hope I don't get left on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what could happen to me. It's really, it's coming to My that time. It's ticking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like the fucking 17th century or something here. Yeah. I, you know, should a husband actually not even come? Look, they're acting like this is a sort of a 50-50 choice here, house Either of husband. Or, yeah. And surely yeah, that's, I mean, that's a, not a, what it a, should a, be. A good husband comes with a house, surely, Grania. 
Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or a good wife could come with a house a as well. Wife. There's all sorts of ways ways around this. But should actually a husband be lower on people's lists if they're sensible? It's, I think it shouldn't be a binary. I think it should be house. I think a car. I think you know job satisfaction. All sorts you of things. You don't want much, do you? Be, I don't. <laughs> Hey, I'm not saying it's not saying I'm getting all of that, but yeah. I love that. It sounds like a survey Christy Alsop would make. <laughs> <laughs> Girls, you gotta get on the property ladder. Come on, you're 15. What are you messing about with? Start saving now. Husband or house? Rob, do you believe that you are more desirable than a house? No. <laughs> I'm not even sure I was more desirable than a house 25 years ago. Because I struggle to think that I could be, because, I mean, the whole thing is, I mentioned the six-foot thing. That is apparently on sort of dating apps. That, you know, as men, you're kind of, you can be written off underneath the height of six foot. So I can just see sort of, you know, I think a three-storey Victorian townhouse in a nice area of London, if that comes up on Hinge or, like, a photo of one of my mates does, you are swiping on the house. Yeah, or even just like maybe a mortgage plan, maybe like a really good interest <laughs> rate there, mortgage. I mean, I do, I, do, I just, I, I've been married for a very long time. On dating apps, is there a way that you can signal that you come with a house? Probably take a picture. I mean, but you yeah. picture of you, picture picture of you in your in your sort of picture of you with your contract from your broker. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's also that's kind of a bit. Yeah, it becomes a bit to use one of the, the younger terms red flaggy if you sort of post those sort of things it's like there's that whole thing of like men posting pictures of themselves with like a kid that's like their nephew or something to right. show like see I'm good with kids mm-hmm. and it's like well but you're not that good with kids you're using it as a prop on a dating app right now and so maybe the house thing you're never happy I, I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, right okay I, 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 I would have assumed that there's some sort of coded way that yeah, you maybe. can sort of you, can, you could go you can... oh so, yeah, my hobbies are repaying my mortgage on time yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you read between the lines you're like okay yeah. okay <laughs> Gronia, are there any particular maybe he uh... has a pension plan <laughs> <laughs> I do not uh, Gronia, are there any particular hot houses do you think what's the most desirable oh. type of style of house oh I would fancy. say a penthouse I would go a penthouse <laughs> in central London that would be I would I would I put up with a pretty rubbish husband to live <laughs> in one of those <laughs> And that brings us to the end. Of- <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I'm a whore. I'm a whore for real estate. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of today's paper case. Wants to get in touch with Grania. <laughs> <laughs> if you liked it, remember to follow us on your favourite podcast app so you do not miss an episode. Thank you to Grania Maguire. <laughs> um, I- I'm not a sex worker, so. I should- <laughs> You're going to get loads of targeted ads for those sort of things on Instagram at the moment, which uh, where you can win a house somewhere, basically, there. And thank you to Rob Hutton. <laughs> I have nothing to add. And, and that's the show. Thank you to you for listening. And don't forget to follow Papercuts on your favourite podcast app. If you really like us, then go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars and a wildly appreciative review. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Papercuts Show. Links are in the show notes. I've been Jacob Jarvis, and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when we found out that if you see a face in a slice of toast, apparently you might have just had a baby. So who knew breakfast could be a paternity test? And it's now time to tell everyone I'm starting the Atkins diet as of now. (laughs) Thanks for listening. See you next time. 
Paper Cuts was written and presented by Jacob Jarvis with Rob Hutton and Gronya Maguire. The group editor was Andrew Harrison. The managing editor of News was Jacob Jarvis. Production support was by Adam Wright and the producer was Liam Tate. Music composition and audio production was by Simon Williams and the executive producer was Martin Boitosh. <laughs>